This is Saturday Morning Mysteries. And we're your hosts, Alexis and Grace. Hello, everybody, and welcome to yet another episode of Saturday Morning Mysteries, the last episode of the year of Saturday Morning Literally, Mysteries. Literally, on the last day of the Literally. year. Uh, and we are your hosts. I'm Alexis. I'm Grace. And today is very special because not only is it the last day of our December, winter, holiday, Christmas, New Year's, whatever arc, <laughs> but it's also the last day of the year 2022. Mm-hmm. And it is also the last day of, I guess, what do we want to call it? Like season one, year one. Of year, one year one. Yeah. Year one. I'm not going to break it up into here, seasons. Not by seasons. Yeah, on the back that's end, it's too much. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So uh, what does that mean? It means that uh, starting in January, we're going to take just a little break. We promise we'll be back, but a mm-hmm. little break so that we can kind of recalibrate, get episodes ready for next year, AKA starting in February of next year. Yeah. Uh, you know, cause with it being December, the holiday days and all of this we're very busy traveling doing just loads mm-hmm. of things our birthdays are both in the next few most weeks too most baby jesus who new year's <laughs> what i mean Birthday. at the time of this Hello. airing of the episode i'm already 30 so you i'm are. much oh older gosh. and wiser and you'll about to be turning 30 have we just figured out the key to time travel we're doing it right now. Whoa. Are, are we in the past or the future right now? It's the future's past. We're speaking past. in the past, but they're listening we're, in the future. We're in the future's past. That's, yeah. how I'm, that's how I'm describing it. Anyway, Boom. so yes, we'll be back in February with new episodes, but we're going to just take some time to chill and enjoy the holidays and uh, get things reloaded for next mm-hmm. year. But to that end, Grace has our last December themed episode for us Ew. today. So I'm going to hand it on off to her. Thank you very much. So yes, we will be wrapping up 2022 and coming into 2023 in a new city, but with old friends this episode. Scooby and the gang. Yay. Mm-hmm. We are ending it exactly how we started. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Oh, and that was the inspiration for this whole pod. It was. was. It was. We Probably all to Scooby. Actually around this time last year when we were both back in Ohio for Christmas. Yeah. Grabbed coffee. Yeah. yeah. That wow. is. That's how it all started. It's been almost exactly one year since this podcast idea even came to born yes yes um i'm sure justin would require credit in this moment because he was present for the conversation so he was he was there he was he was drinking coffee too he helped drive the conversation he Mm -hmm. was kind of like our focus group as we were workshopping (laughs) the ideas he chuckled and we were like okay cool we'll go with it he laughed it's funny we're done we did it (laughs) we got we got a podcast (laughs) y'all yes (laughs) so uh today's episode obviously is new year's themed um and technically this episode of scooby-doo is happening during the chinese new year which is later in january Mm -hmm. but there aren't that many like new year's eve or new year's cartoon crime episodes and because we can do whatever we want on this show yeah so i'm telling the story now today it's a new year for a lot of people around the world so it counts exactly we're global here we're global yeah exactly so like your christmas eve scooby episode so it would have been last week's episode um Mm -hmm. we're it's like kind of ambiguous as to where exactly the gang is for this um we're maybe in hong kong shanghai or perhaps like chinatown in san francisco Uh. It's super not clear because the gang and other people speak English, but it turns out that multiple members of the gang know, speak, and read Chinese and do so in this episode. That is very impressive. (laughs) Uh Including Scooby, um, I think at one point, at least reads it. Yeah, it's very impressive. Yes. Wow. Wait, sorry. Did you say which um, like iteration of Scooby-Doo this is? Oh, I did not. This is Scooby-Doo, Where Are You? And I think this episode came out in like 19... I I wrote it down later because the year later is relevant. I think 1970. 
Okay, got you. I guess I just wanted to know if it was like missed, like a newer one or something, oh, or maybe no. they had like translators on their phones or something. Nope, nope, nope. They nope, just know nope. Chinese. Just okay, cool, cool. Yes, awesome. it's very impressive. Love it. I wish it was um, that easy. <laughs> I know, especially like Mandarin or something, <laughs> right. like a very hard language to right. learn. Yeah. <laughs> they know it. They know um, it. Yeah, toss toss. So that was their resolution last year was to learn Chinese <laughs> for this year. by this time this year. Right. And they did <laughs> they it. did it. Good for so them. good luck with everyone else's New Year's resolutions. <laughs> um, so again, we don't actually know where this goes down, but I like to think that the gang is actually in China some city in China and I'll get into that um mm-hmm. later as to why my theory I think is relevant because there will be some very brief uh wild speculation and theorizing at the end because we can so okay. <laughs> um before we actually join the gang on New Year's uh we see kind of like a little bit of a spooky scene um in the hillside surrounding this town um, it's in like a, we see basically it's like a pagoda style temple and it's nestled into the side of a hill, but it's nighttime and it doesn't look to be inhabited at all. All of the lights are off and it's in stark contrast to kind of the valley below where the city is and there's lots of lights. You can hear noise coming from it. It's New Year's. People are having a great time. There's fireworks, the whole nine yards. Um and as we like the camera, like very coolly, like kind of pans and then starts to zoom in to the temple and bats are flying out of it. And uh, beyond that, it's completely mm-hmm. quiet until we enter like the main, I guess, I don't mean like, I want to say like hall of the temple. I don't know, like really know what it would be called. Um, like yeah. the main worship area. Sanctuary, um, maybe. What are those? Yeah, called? I Something think so. Like and I forget. Yeah, and it's like very quiet and like very ornate. And then all of a sudden, these green flames erupt like out of the floor. And we see on one side of the green flames that there are two figures fully dressed in like black cloaks and a white mask, just calmly watching the flames, not reacting, not absolutely terrified that these flames just busted out of the floor. And they're green. Yes, bright green seems like radiation of some yeah, variety, yeah. not yes. safe. Yes, <laughs> the radiation. Yes. Absorb it. <laughs> yes, our New Year's resolutions become radioactive. Yeah. So as the flames dwindle, we see kind of like the rest of this like main hall in which there's like this enormous, almost like Buddha-like statue And right in front of him, there's another figure in a hooded white robe. And so the other two are in a black robe. This one's in a white robe with a white mask standing where the flames once were. So he almost emerges from the flames. Hmm. And all we see him do is point a finger at the black cloaked men and demand that they go find the mask and not to return until they have it. Okay. Yes. And again, the black cloaked figures on... Ner- completely like no reaction of the green flames like this other guy literally just like threatened them basically and they're just like okay and they go off into the shadows outside the mm-hmm. temple like almost so, mindlessly or just like just they're like cool with the situation they're like got you okay it's not, not like a like hypnosis type thing just yeah, yeah, yeah. they're just like okay okay Got you. essentially yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah like thanks for the cool green flames we're on it <laughs> so <laughs> as that spooky ominous stuff is going on we now join the gang who are on the streets of this unknown city celebrating the new year because no matter when the new year comes during a certain culture celebrations there's one thing that every human being knows how to do have a good ass time on New Year's, baby. Mm-hmm. Party. <laughs> yep. And if we know anything, it's we know we know the gang loves a good party. We'll do anything to save a good party. Anything. They will not travel across the globe just for their parties to get canceled. No, 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 no. No, sir. <laughs> no, sir. So in this case, uh, the party down the streets, like I said, there's fireworks going off. There's this huge parade that has like the, you know, like 
multi-person like dragon mm, mm-hmm. uh, and like Chinese dragons. There's music, there's dancing, there's like crowds of people that are like, there's like markets. So people are like shopping and eating and like going in and out of stores. I assume people are drinking because it's a party and just generally mm-hmm. like having a good ass time. Yeah. So like I mentioned, I think that they are actually in China for this. And specifically my th- for first part of my theory here is that because I was like, how the, how the fuck did they get to China? Like, <laughs> what are they randomly doing here? What is yeah. this? So briefly, I think that uh, Daphne's dad, Mr. Blake, had like a business trip or something like that in China. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, the gang just kind of like tagged along for the holiday. And I assume Daphne probably goes on trips with her dad often to all these international places. Um, but her parents are probably like out doing like schwanky New Year stuff yeah. and just like or like left. business. <laughs> right, exactly. Business, business, business. And like Daphne and the kids and the gang are just like left to their own devices to like explore, et cetera, et cetera. So Daphne, who is the international traveler here, mm. Like showing the gang around and decides, like, it's time to do some shopping. Like, this is a dope area. We're having a good ass time. And so they start like popping in and out of shops, like checking out like the local wares, you know, like a bunch of cool stuff, grabbing some bites of food along the way. And they pop into what they call like a curio shop. Um, and it's run by this old man who we'll just call him the shop owner because. Uh Uh-oh. Came out in 1970. Yeah, I know. There's a lot of problematic (laughs) things that happen in this episode. Okay. With names, with accents, with how people are drawn, and we're going to leave it like that. And it feels like a little weird to be like, I'm going to take away someone's name. I will say, like, I actually also didn't write down the shop owner's name, (laughs) so I don't remember it, but... (laughs) with other people who also but there's come more up. than one reason why <laughs> yes um is because some of the names i was like this paired with how they were drawn and how they speak seems like it came out in 1970 so we'll refer to him as shop owner cool. curio shop owner if you will great so the shop owner immediately greets them and i think like not even takes a second to like spot that like Daphne is like the money bags of the gang. Mm-hmm. She's like picking up objects left and right. This shop has some like pretty exorbitantly like expensive items and she's just like not even flinching at the price tags. So he comes and speaks to her, you know, kind of like trying to get the vibe of what she's looking for. Mm-hmm. This Make a sale. <laughs> exactly. He's trying to make a sale, start off that new year with some cash basically so american currency (laughs) yep there's a lot of fine art in here there's like statues and paintings and sculptures and stones um and again he's kind of like guiding through her the shop again trying to like see what catches her eye and something finally does and it's this gold mask of a monkey that has like this giant ruby dead center in the forehead And Velma is like, this is pretty cool. Yeah, like, why not? And Fred is like, "Uh, no, 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 no. Like, let's not get this. He's kind of like weirded out by it. Or he sees the price tag and he's like, Daphne, like, this shit is real expensive. Chill out. Girl, come on. Daphne (laughs) Daphne literally shrugs and just goes, this looks groovy. I'll take it curio shop owner is like okay okay <laughs> sounds good you'll yes. Take, yes. Take it? yes no even bartering on this exactly girl, yes Give it will that. look great right on you it is groovy let's oh my do god this. could you imagine her putting that mask on <laughs> it'll look great <laughs> on you it's also like maybe actually an insult being like I that know. mask covering your whole face would look great you would look so much better with this on <laughs> You know, maybe we'll say there was some loss in translation. Like they're good yeah. at Chinese, but maybe they're not like perfectly fluent, yeah. like colloquially or something like that. Yeah. So anyways, they leave the store, like mask wrapped up for Daphne. And she is like stoked on this new buy. They continue to like go shopping and like meld back into the crowd and the party. But as they do, we still, we stay on the shop where we see the two figures in black 
enter into the shop. Like they kind of come around the corner and enter into the shop to the shop to find the shop owner. Mm. And then we see the gang having a great bite to eat. So they're there. They're like music's bumping. Daphne is like talking about how stoked she is on this purchase and like what a great find it was. And then they get back up to keep enjoying the party. But they take a wrong corner because like they're teenagers in a foreign city. They don't have smartphones. It makes sense. They turn down an alleyway and they're like, okay, well, whatever. This is obviously not the right street. So let's just turn back around and go back to the party. But as they spin around, the two figures in black step into the alley and block their way out, which Mm. I want to note is fucking terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. Like, ready for it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> Some like real world scary shit of just yeah. like I'm blocked into an alleyway by two giant figures like in cloaks. <laughs> yeah, in cloaks, and I can't see their faces because they're yeah. masked. Like absolutely not. Mm-mm. Absolutely not. No, Very. Thank you. That's like no, the no, no, where no, Scooby no, toes the line to be like that is not that's too real. No, right. Thank you. Like Scooby, we're be careful what you do next because you may scare <laughs> away your fan base. <laughs> yeah, exactly. How yeah, like, far are you willing to take this? <laughs> uh huh. And interestingly, unsure if this is like good or bad advice that the writers do go with next uh-huh. because Velma is. Un, like unbothered by this and she is basically just like who the hell are you she doesn't say hell but face that's like the tone of voice um and they point they like at roll Daphne. down their windows and like talk to them no they're all they're all walking oh oh okay sorry. Oh, yeah, yeah. sorry i was thinking they were in the mystery machine my bad sorry no 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 yep yeah. Everyone's walking. Um, oh, that's yeah. even when, scarier now. Never yeah, mind. so when you said Florida, I assumed you meant like just run book out of there. Uh, also yeah, that yeah, too, no. but yeah, no, no. No, they mm-hmm. are on foot right now. Um, mm-hmm. And the cloaked figures ignore Velma entirely and point at Daphne and basically just like are saying like mask, like give us the mask. And Daphne, which again, I don't know, in a mugging situation, it's just like throw your wallet and run. Daphne goes, uh-uh, this is mine. So it also makes me wonder, like, has Daphne gotten mugged before? Like, <laughs> has she never gotten mugged and doesn't know how to handle it? Or has she gotten mugged and like facing a she's bear? Like, you're you have bluffing. To be, like, more confident. <laughs> exactly. She's yeah. like, you have nothing under those cloaks. Like, get out of my way. Um right. type of thing. So it's like yeah. unclear. But, <laughs> yeah. Um, Maybe every Someone. time she goes out, she's used to having like bodyguards with her. So she's just <laughs> exactly. like, yeah, I've never, I never actually get mugged. It never works. She's like, oh yeah, shit, they're... that's right. I am unprotected right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And like, I will say a note of like one, again, maybe not the best advice in the situation to give children watching this, but two, like, um, uh, it's only the women in this situation who are like, oh, what do you think you're going to do about it? Giant figures and cloaks and like whose face all of the men are just like oh god we're gonna die so like you go daphne and velma in 1970 yeah yeah i guess unless these yeah, I mean, figures are actually capable of killing them but like yes right yes. again like not the be move, strong probably be, yes be the strength but of mystery inc exactly they are the someone there needs in... a spine exactly truly, <laughs> yeah, truly. so um i will say that interestingly it seems like uh Daphne is definitely we mentioned the past it was a purveyor of of fine goods and I think in this moment she really is like huh I must have gotten something real good that like these people are trying to chase this down like I got some good shit right here interesting Mm -hmm. um and thankfully Scooby actually does get a spine and he steps up he starts growling at them somehow distracts them and the gang is able to slip out of the alleyway and go back into the giant party crowd. Um, And Daphne, again, like teed off that like, huh, I got something good. Like this mask I just bought, like that that shop owner was like underpricing it. I gotta go see what I actually got here. So her family happens to know an art dealer in town. Of course naturally a fine arts dealer so mm-hmm. she takes them to the art dealer to appraise the mask and like figure out what's going on what's the real value of this mask mm-hmm. um so again they are able to make it to the art dealer who happens to be open on new year's eve um 
which like fine fine okay he, you know maybe, maybe he's it's having a, a party. one-man shop or that yeah yes so I went with the it's he's having a party somewhere else in the shop because like what a cool place to have a New Year's party is an art gallery it's like on the main strip and they're having a good time anyways so they go and Daphne shows the art dealer the mask and he immediately is like blown away by it he like gathers the gang in and essentially explains that this is an incredibly ancient mask uh, he can tell that it's from literally centuries ago. And based on all that he's read in like his line of work, um, he believes that this is actually a stolen artifact stolen from the gang's favorite, a crypt slash grave. Slash uh, Freddie just tomb. got excited. Freddie's like, oh, <laughs> Fred was now like, I'm into this where is mystery the tomb? crypt, you say? Daphne, I'm so glad you bought this. <laughs> flips the script like, see, I told you to get this, Daphne. <laughs> Gaslights her? Yeah. Daphne, what would you have been doing without me there? I'm one who found it in the <laughs> shop and told you to buy it, you Daphne. You would have never got this without me. Mm. <laughs> uh. God, I'm so smart and brave. What I have such a good me? eye. <laughs> I have such a good eye for art. Yeah. And so where exactly is the notepad out? Where exactly is this? Oh, no, no. We want to go return it. Return Was, it. There's still other goods in there, right? What's the address? Perfect. Let's go, gang. Cool. To the crypt. He already has a shovel out. <laughs> it's like, it's yeah, like, a, like you um, need a shovel for a crib. It's but, like a uh, like travel a shovel. He like... He like whips it and it like clicks into place like a tent pole or something. Where is this crypt? It's my travel shovel. Yeah. Ah, Freddie. He needs help. (laughs) Oh, Freddie. International crimes here. Yeah. So specifically, uh, the art dealer explains that uh, he believes this was one of the pieces stolen from a great ancient warlord of old. Um. And they tell the clo- the art dealer that about the cloaked figures in like the white masks. And the art dealer is like, oh shit, like, you guys should not be fucking with this type of stuff. Basically saying there's always been rumors that essentially like the soldiers of this warlord, like his ghosts are in search of the stolen mask to bring back to their warlord. And he says that as long as you own the mask, you are in grave danger. And he's kind of just like, so like, y'all want to leave, right? You want to get out of my shop? Like you yeah. basically like, don't bring that. Like, like, don't, yeah, like the longer yeah. you stay here, the graver the danger I am at. Yes. <laughs> so yeah. So he's leave. like, yeah, he's like not upset by them leaving. Yeah. Um, and I will say though, like this only fuels Daphne's fire even more of being like, I've got something good on my hands. I'm a winner. And this is yeah. my mask. I think she probably in her head, I should have looked this up before, but now just thinking of it, like was like Sotheby's like auction house, like whatever oh, the like yeah. really, really fancy, like millions and millions of dollars per piece. She's probably like, hmm, I'm going to dial them up as soon as we get back to the hotel. Pass um, this curse on to someone else. Uh-huh. I will off. say- it is like a smidge maybe problematic that like this is clearly a technically stolen artifact and that like yeah. Daphne is like, no, this is mine. Yeah, so lots of red flags there, here. Um, yeah, there's no like, let's bring it back to where it should be. It's like, I bought it, finders keepers. I feel like this is this is like the rare example from the older Scooby-Doo episodes too, where Daphne has, she's like a focal point right in yes. this episode yes. and then it's like, I actually talk about that oh later. and she's a horrible um, person though <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, right okay. so she's, she there, still though. needed the redemption arc that like your episode finally gave her of like yeah. giving her some stuff like going 30 on. years later <laughs> yeah <laughs> exactly yeah uh, we'll examine Daphne as we go throughout this okay. um I'll stop right there but <laughs> no 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 keep I would say keep going so we're gonna spec- do some speculation okay cool. um <laughs> But um, the rest of the gang is like very spooked by this and they're no longer willing to just like wander in these streets kind of like out in the open. So they do indeed get into the mystery machine here in China. <laughs> they had it shipped over. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, to be rich. 
Man, the Blakes. What a life. Actually, the Blakes probably have like a massive jet. They probably just drove it on the jet. <laughs> they don't have like one of those little private, like small charters. They have like a oh, massive, no, no, they're full yeah, like yes, an Airbus. 100%. <laughs> yeah, and like they still made the rest of the gang if like they weren't Daphne or her parents sit not in first class. <laughs> Everyone yeah. else had to sit like the cargo. They were like, sitting in the mystery in the machine. Mystery machine. <laughs> yeah. And Daphne and her family are up there like eating caviar, yeah. drinking like Dom Perignon, yes. the fanciest. <laughs> so they get into the mystery machine. I assume probably like driving back to the hotel because again, again, the rest of the gang is like, okay, like stuff start, started to get a little too wild. Like we just want to get back home and relax. Again, maybe Daphne's ready to find like call the auction house and start getting some bids on this mask. It's we're, It's unclear. But uh, as they're driving, Fred does notice that there's a black car following them. And Mm -hmm. on closer inspection in the mirror, he sees that it's being driven by two figures with white masks with black cloaks on. Exactly. That's what I wrote (laughs) down, which is very scary because it means ghosts can drive. (laughs) (laughs) but even scarier because like i in this episode it kind of gets interchanged like the word ghost and zombie Mm. which also means that zombies can drive either way it's an undead of i think yeah exactly that's more terrifying (laughs) that would be even more terrifying exactly Mm. because like in like ghost lore like ghosts can like already walk through shit so it's like okay fine but there's like a million like okay zombie (laughs) we'll give you a car cool but yeah no zombies right exactly like that's that's a problem you can't get away zombies there's usually an escape route but if they can drive all the time yeah we're screwed Uh -uh. (laughs) so fred does now floor it to try and get away but they don't know where they are. This is a new city. There's no GPS. He like swings around the corner and this time, unfortunately, straight into like a wharf of some variety and they spin Ooh. out and crash into a pile of fish, which probably uh, smells real bad and yeah. real disgusting. Um, But of course, as this is still an early iteration of Scooby-Doo, Daphne's personality is still not that complex. And so in the fracas of trying to get out of the fish pile, Daphne gets kidnapped by the ghost zombies. And we see her bound and gagged in the back of the black car as they suddenly are driving away. They've got the mask. They've got Daphne. They are speeding out of here. Oh, gosh. So as the rest of the gang like gets out, sees that this has happened, um, they're like running to get the mystery machine up so they can follow it, but it speeds away too quickly. Luckily, however, Velma does find a piece of paper on the ground that must have fallen presumably out of one of the pockets of the cloaks. And we see them looking on the front of the, um, the piece of paper, which is where we really learn that like basically everyone knows Chinese. Mm-hmm. It's a laundry ticket because ghosts and zombies also apparently have to do laundry Hmm. but on the back there is a script that no one can read um no one that is until scooby notices velma kind of holding it up near the mystery machine and the script reflects back in like the mirror of the car where scooby realizes that it's simply english written backwards so they can read Chinese. They Chinese backwards English letters. Remember, they also know ancient Aztec as well. <laughs> oh, yes, Velma does. And, That's true. But and you yes, turn it spin- around. Never seen it before in my life. What, the, what is this alienese? <laughs> it's alien language. <laughs> yeah. Yes, exactly. So what it says in English on the back, backwards, but simply says the temple in the hills which is very ominous and Mm. more ominous Velma like kind of slowly nods because she knows this temple she knows that it's haunted and that it's deeply abandoned but their friend just got kidnapped and this is the only thing they really got going so Mm -hmm. they head right up to that temple and of course it's the same temple from the beginning of the episode because wouldn't it be weird if it was just a totally different temple yeah I know yeah it's like not even in china 
it's just some other temple. I'm like, oh, yeah, like okay. Completely different. I wonder why they like... showed us that one before. <laughs> yeah. Huh. Whatever. Guess it's also, fine. Also, very quickly, can I just say, I'm pretty sure the real reason they know to go there to this very scary sounding haunted temple is because they're like, hmm pretty sure the Blakes are going to make us pay for this trip if we don't come back with their daughter. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, you know, if there's a ransom, they're going to blame us. We should probably get her back. Yeah. Totally or at least awkward. like if we also get kidnapped with her, then they'll feel compelled to get all of us back (laughs) just Daphne on her own they're actually going to like act like to fake getting kidnapped so that when they like the fan the Blakes pay the ransom it's for all of them and they can also just walk out being like oh it was so bad in there we couldn't figure that out we all got kidnapped and they're like we got Daphne 48 hours ago like where have you guys been the kidnappers gave her back (laughs) so they go to the temple which is apparently very easy to find and they enter quietly which again it's very ornate it's like all like wood and like a black like almost like onyx stone everywhere like obsidian there's like no signs of life not even the bats there anymore but when they walk into the main hall of the temple the green flames fire out of the floor again and then suddenly are gone but are you wondering about the green flame situation yeah I'm just, keep going go ahead though I'm, I'm just still perplexed about green flames good good <laughs> ask me at the end about it okay I will okay put pin it and I mean ask it's me also terrifying too like I'm just yeah yeah, yeah 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 for sure All definitely that, you know Oogie spooky, but also like mechanically ask me about it at the end. Okay. So again, find the main temple room. When the flames go away, they see the big statue, but they don't see any like cloaked figures, but they do see like a couple more like halls and like doors leading off this main temple. And so to save time in scouring, like what they saw driving up to it is like a huge temple. They split up to try and find Daphne or like to see if this is even a waste of their time or not. But as the gang splits up, we do see kind of like from the shadows of this room, the white cloaked figure who is now wearing the monkey mask with the ruby in the center. Mm. He's watching the gang go deeper into the temple. So luckily in one of the halls, Fred and Velma, because obviously I didn't even have to explain how the split up went. Obviously, yep. Shiny and Scooby, no. Fred and Velma. Yep. Yes, it's assumed. So Fred and Velma, uh, they kind of find like a smaller version of like that main like Buddha-esque statue. Um, and they notice that like, even though like the rest of this temple looks like very untouched, like there's dust on things, this one doesn't have any dust on it. Hmm. And so they kind of like, I don't know, like lean on it or push it or something like that. And it's classic temple starts to move the wall behind it, revealing a hidden room with Daphne in it. Oh, is fully like bound to a chair and gagged and is like. <laughs> making I will noises. say that's one consistent thing about Daphne. She knows how to get kidnapped. <laughs> she knows how to get kidnapped real good. <laughs> and I will say in this moment as well to Daphne's credit, because Fred and Velma like run in to like you know undo like the binds and like the gag and that kind of stuff but she's like violently shaking her head and as soon as they pull the gag out from her mouth she shouts at them to run this is a trap and as soon as Fred and Velma turn to run the door slash wall slams behind them (sighs) trapping all three of them in there so again to Daphne's credit she was like shaking her head being like no no no, don't come in here don't Don't come in here got you it's hard to to understand with the whole Gagging exactly and with the thing. Daphne, damn, going on. she's got to learn um sign language. Her ha- her hands are behind her back. Oh, that's right. Sorry, never mind. What? Uh. Her hands are free. She's so taking the gag out. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? She's a wild. Card. Who knows? <laughs> Meanwhile, unluckily, we have Shaggy and Scooby. Say unlucky because, of course, the white figure reveals himself from like 
a different corner in one of the halls and he raises his arm at Shaggy and Scooby and says, you've angered the ghost and now you shall pay. Unsure of what else to do, Shag and Scoob, book it the other direction. Mm-hmm. Always a good option. Is, exactly, because not only is this a possible ghost zombie, <clears throat> this is a possible ghost zombie they haven't seen yet wearing the mask that Daphne bought Mm. and this is a ghost zombie they haven't seen yet wearing Daphne's mask actively threatening them in a very ominous way so as they run they do manage to get away from the white cloak ghost but run right into the two black cloaked zombie ghost things from before I want to say they do trick these two zombie ghosts but with some real racist shenanigans it's i want to if this had been on disney plus it would have had it would have been one of the episodes that disney now does where it says like at the start like a warning of like we know we fucked this up hbo gives zero fucks (laughs) hbo was like there's no laws at hbo and you know that coming to hbo yeah yeah yeah, hbo max like what are you gonna do (laughs) <laughs> this is my warning to viewers that like awesome. it truly alexis was bad it like we've we've like mentioned some like pretty dicey stuff in the past this is at least in the episodes i viewed top two probably of like oh okay. no while well, i watched it so can watch I, at your own discretion people can i just say that's also low key why i asked uh like which iteration of scooby-doo this was because when you said they were in china i was like oh no yeah, you either like we know okay, how things or, go oh, when they no. go abroad yeah mm-hmm. pre mm-hmm. pre 19 like 85 how things went in that uh-huh. show whenever they went yeah. abroad it was uh yeah something else. okay well we no need to describe those antics then yep. <laughs> but everyone now knows that they go watch this episode don't cool. be surprised yeah so Anyways, and maybe, you know, you know what? I'll say that this is a uh, Warner Brothers commentary because they immediately get caught. So I guess being racist doesn't pay is what Anna Barbera was saying <laughs> yeah. in this moment. Yeah. We'll say to make it sure. sure. They're like, see, this is why you shouldn't be racist and stereotype see, against kids. other cultures. You'll get caught see? as being a phony and being an asshole. Exactly. You never win. Except I guess yeah. it's Scooby-Doo, so Scooby-Doo eventually. Scooby and the gang we'll eventually win. win. But okay, whatever. Yeah. Anyways. In, in so the immediate future, caught. it never works out. Yes. Immediate consequences. <laughs> so anyways, they get caught right away. But instead of just throwing them into the back room with the other three, the two ghost zombies tie Shaggy and Scooby up. But because it's New Year's, they put them on a huge pile of fireworks and light the fuse and mm. leave. So wow. okay, That's... these are some very like advanced ghost zombies. They could drive, they could kidnap, and they could explode people. And I'm still like stuck on the yes. whole like the trapping, the plot to trap you know whoever was going to come and save Daphne. Like when oh. when you when she was yeah. like, "It's a trap." I was like, "Holy shit!" These are some very advanced yes. ghost zombies. Yes. They and are, obviously they, they have, have it out for the rest of Mystery Inc. too. They don't uh-huh. just want Daphne. They have like plotted and schemed and have, they have home alone to this entire temple. Mm. Through <laughs> and through. Speaking of Christmas movies, holiday movies. Yes. yes. <laughs> so luckily though, uh, Shaggy and Scooby are able to kind of like wiggle their way off the pile of fireworks and like stomp out the fuse. Um, but they're like, they were like tied back to back. So they're like still tied together and they're like trying to they're like stumbling out of this room and of course they stumble into the statue that had the secret room behind it so Daphne Fred and Velma are able to get released and they're able to untie Shaggy and Scooby and very interestingly again of like Daphne having a personality everyone else is like okay let's get the fuck out of here Daphne is like they took my mask okay girl i'm gonna go get this shit back baby so like mm. daphne's not willing to put down a fight she she knows a thing of value when she sees it she's mm-hmm. gonna bring it to the auction house maybe this is when she makes her first million maybe it's her like 18th million unclear yeah. 
she gets a million every year from her parents. <laughs> yeah, her um, she probably just hasn't insured it yet. So she's like, there's <laughs> no way I am leaving this country without that. <laughs> yeah, it was 1970. They didn't even have car phones to like yeah. call on the mystery machine. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Insurance, insure your shit, people. You never right. know when ghost zombies Seriously. are going to come try and take it. Okay, right. if you have good enough insurance, it'll get covered. It'll get covered. Yes, it right. will. Yes. Maybe that's like a force majeure type of thing. Like this was an act <laughs> of God. It was a ghost zombie. I don't know. Yeah, who's like, gonna argue that? Yeah, prove me wrong. We're in a temple. Prove me. <laughs> what happens? <laughs> so um, Daphne though does note that as she was getting like brought into the temple. She did see something very noteworthy that she thinks is worth checking out. She kind of has like a theory going on here. So she brings the gang to the roof of the temple. I don't know how she saw the roof when she was being dragged in, but whatever. Maybe they but took her on did. a little tour, but she did. <laughs> so or this is where they were going to be keeping you prisoner. <laughs> <laughs> she was like given the options of what place to be kept prisoner. She was like, um, it's cold out here. I don't think so. Um, My daddy will never pay your ransom if I'm cold <laughs> when he finds me. <laughs> <laughs> if I get hypothermia, you bet your ass you will not get this ransom. <laughs> Peasants. Is this your first kidnapping? I can tell. Uh, I guess. <laughs> I have been kidnapped so many times. Which, sorry, also, speaking of insurance, you know, I learned not that long ago that there is, like, kidnapping insurance. Like, super, yes, super is. rich people kidnapped. Yeah, especially so actually, for their kids. Yeah, exactly. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. The Blakes actually might not be in any rush whatsoever. <laughs> See, okay. They're like, yeah, Quick. our insurance will cover the ransom. We'll just we'll pay whatever they whatever they give us. <laughs> quick whole thing about how I know that is that um from John because you're super rich oh yeah (laughs) well okay well yeah like because Blake's are super rich no because like okay here's the whole kitten kuboodle going on okay so because John Benet's Ramsey dad like worked in like the defense industry like various like defense industry like CEOs have been like asked in the past like yeah like what would you have done this situation and they are all like well all of our kids are fucking insured for this because we're Mm -hmm. super rich and work for the defense so like yeah they're of course gonna get kidnapped one day right like we're all prepared to get kidnapped one day so we've insured our children on like ransom kidnappings and so that's how i know that information awesome and that's the sign of a good parent you know (laughs) are your kids insured against ransom kidnapping they should be they sure are so daphne for anyway. sure is um yeah she's yeah covered. and so that's also why she's probably like we can take our time father and mother probably <laughs> i need my mask called my insurance <laughs> and i need this mask to be insured so they go to the roof and what's on the roof you ask well viewers you guessed it a pigeon coop full oh <laughs> of pigeons oh. specifically carrier pigeons Oh, and one of them just grabs one of the pigeons. Definitely not Daphne. She not just grabbed <laughs> my nails. Rat of the sky. Um, but <laughs> I hate pigeons so much. Oh, I love I one of love the carrier. Okay, that's... Oh, okay. Well, you you have to. Love I don't. Them as I don't love them, but I, I appreciate them. Okay, yes, as long I as appreciate they are very me. smart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> on you. They're very yeah. smart and have adapted to this day and age in incredible yes, ways. But they do create quite a mess. Yes, precisely. Anyway, so on the note tied to one of the legs of the pigeons is a note that has a date, time, and place on it, apparently confirming everything Daphne needed to know about what was going on here. So they set a trap for the ghost zombies that I will say actually goes like terribly wrong and ends up with like the ghost zombies, Shaggy and Scooby literally like tumbling, tumbling down the temple halls. And just in the nick of time, like Shaggy and Scooby kind of like duck in this like, like rolling of human beings and figures. And they kind of like duck as the three ghost zombies tumble out a window. Keep in mind, they're like on the side of a hill in a giant temple. But I guess luckily they fall into a tree and their cloaks get caught on the branches. So there's kind of like dangling, like, oh my God. Just like hanging out in a tree on the side of a cliff, which is also very scary. Yes. So would you like to guess, because we're about to now unmask them now that they're stuck, 
who is potentially behind God. these ghostly zombie figures? Because we've had the, so many characters in this episode yeah, the, to guess the from. whole time. I'm like, haven't we only met one person, just the shop owner? Who else was uh, we there? We met the shop owner and the art dealer. The art dealer, that's right. And the <laughs> game, so and the fish. I'm, and the fish, um, yeah. The, that's the by the food agents. from someone. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the insurance agent who like knew Daphne was probably going to go shopping, so he's waiting on his phone. Uh, yeah. The Blake business partners maybe um mm-hmm. whatever like themselves. whatever airline crew people they have like loading the yes. mystery machine up on the people the who plane. were underneath the dragon at the parade <laughs> maybe five of them there doing that um i mean since you say that there are multiple so yeah there are two people in the cloaks and then there's a third person and like um Is there a white the other cloak, cloak with but with the, yeah, with the white yeah, yeah. Um, I, I feel like the art dealer has to have something to do with this. I don't know why, but I'm gonna, there's three of him. (laughs) (laughs) Like it is supernatural and he has duplicated himself. And he's doing it. Exactly. (laughs) Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna guess somehow the art dealer definitely has something to do with it i don't know which one he is i don't know how but that's my guess and i don't know who the other two are you are correct it is the art dealer and two random goons okay classic (laughs) like if there's not enough characters introduced we put into goons fashion and i will say that like watching this episode you do actually see the goons when they go into the art the um the curio shop you do actually see them like corner the curio dealer being like who bought the mask and that's how they know to go find Daphne but I love okay okay fair so anyways they're unhooded by pretty much like no joke an MSS agent which is the Chinese Ministry State of Security which is basically <laughs> like our FBI yeah like wait who is he to arrest them oh okay I thought that he yeah, like yeah. also took off a mask like haha oh, no no like he You're like shows arrest. the gang like calls him and like oh, good wow yeah, yeah they somehow there's like a, a landline in the temple perhaps either way of course um, <laughs> we'll actually get to that in a minute because the MSS agent explains to the gang that they had a feeling that this art dealer was part of an international smuggling ring, but couldn't find the evidence to prove it. Mm. But you might be asking right now, like, what is this evidence? Because he literally just like stole a mask that some Americans bought on the street. And like, yes, either way, they're going to go to jail because they just kidnapped Miss Blake. Um, But like, how is this evidence for smuggling? This though is where Daphne, I believe, with like the help of Velma and Brad, but reveals what the evidence is behind this smuggling ring, because this is not just any ancient mask. No, no. Masks and artifacts like these were actually how the smuggling ring communicated with one another. Because you see, and they like hit like a hidden button on the mask, hidden within each artifact, including like behind the mouth of this mask, are tapes with recordings on them and basically i'm gonna explain yeah go ahead how this ties in what this pipeline is it is very convoluted smuggling ring we have going on so step one someone sends an artifact or piece of art to this art dealer hidden within it is a taped recording and the recording reveals a time and location of an upcoming shipment of illegal goods Step two, the art dealer and the goons use the pigeons to send messages to, I guess, other goons or whoever's buying the goods, often in the backwards writing that we saw on the back of the laundry (laughs) ticket, because that's hard to code to crack, to where the placements would be. And then three, either the goons or again, the buyer would get the pigeon, read the note, send the pigeon back, go to the time and place, get the goods, or maybe the art dealer would like get the goods and move them through the temple. And it turns out that this mask just so happened to be misdelivered to the curio shop. So was they one of my say, thousands of questions. <laughs> yes, because let me tell you right now that yes, 
this is where the episode ends. But I also had a lot of questions of like, (laughs) how did this get misdelivered? And I add on the, so they say, because I believe that Daphne Mm. was actually there in China to bust the smuggling ring. (laughs) Yes, the Blakes made their fortune on like soap or something like that. But you don't become millions or billionaires without getting your hands dirty. So I think Mr. Blake was likely privy to a lot of, you know, unsavory dealings and characters throughout his rise to fame and millions. And along the way, I think Daphne became involved with taking out the competition that smuggling rings like this pose to her family's own fortune. So her dad's meeting, I think, was just a front, a front to bring Daphne and the gang into town. Her friends were just there also as a friend, so she could just be a teen out there partying for New Year's. And basically, I believe Daphne arranged this mask, this piece of evidence to be misdelivered. That's why the curio shop owner got cornered, like all uh, like thugs came in and like cornered him. Probably got his ass kicked. We don't see him ever again. His yeah, I was wondering what happened to him in. too. We <laughs> don't know. Probably dead, most likely. <laughs> most likely. But yes. either way, why else would Daphne be able to call an MSS agent, aka the yeah. Chinese version of the FBI, to bring mm-hmm. down this smuggling ring? What a happy new year for Daphne, after all. Oh, amazing. Yeah, I love it. Now you may ask me questions. Well, that answers them on. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Um, Gosh, what was the the first one? Well, yeah. Oh, God, that wasn't even. I was more. (laughs) Now all my questions are about just their convoluted plot. Like, how big are these masks that you can fit cassette tapes in them? No one ever thought to like look on the other side of the masks to see if like Like, see mechanics yeah um what was another one oh yes you said that they would transport their messages by carrier pigeon Uh like the one that scooby found that he read in reverse so they like write their messages in english though because then you Uh say it was just flipped around yeah cool yep and the fact that they took a message off the pigeon because it's like maybe that was just like a different message they took the message off of one of the carrier pigeons was able to read it because it was the exact same thing. So yeah, it's okay. just backwards. Uh-huh. Cool, cool. They like and go then, through all of this convoluted scheme and then just write it in English still. Yes. In English, right. Correct. Like, Why are they? Okay. So, and then that brings me to my next question. Maybe I missed mm-hmm. it, but are the goons and the art dealer also Chinese? Or are yes. they, okay, they are. So, okay, that mm-hmm. makes me even more like, why the fuck did they write it in English? But I guess mm-hmm. maybe because, well, no, like a lot of people in Chinese know English. So what? Mm-hmm. Unanswered questions. Um, okay. A couple of that, my mm-hmm. other questions were answered. Mm-hmm. So then mm-hmm. we will go back to the original one. The fuck is up with the green flames? No idea. Never explained. Oh, okay. Cool. Uh-huh. That, all right. Yep. Awesome. Yep. There's no mm. explanation. I, well, you know, I think that this art dealer, maybe actually like, if I was going to wildly speculate about this art dealer's past, it was that like he came from a crime family, but like was never actually into it. Like he always just wanted to be in the theater. And so like <laughs> they only let him be like an art dealer because that was like as close as he get like quote unquote to the arts, but still like make a lot of money and yeah. also would have a good front for all the smuggling. But, you know, he clearly has a, a like flair for the dramatic because he's using fucking pigeons to like send messages. Yeah. Like I was like, man, are they boy, are they gonna love cell phones when those come out? <laughs> yeah, like just drop a letter <laughs> off. Like damn. Yeah. So, anyways, I think he had a flair for the dramatic. And so he was like, every time I enter a room, I need green flames. Hmm. And so I think he just did that for his own enjoyment. Yeah. Hmm. That's when it. you first described it, I immediately just thought of like Game of Thrones, Sept of Baylor, the uh what are they it's oh the green flames that get set off well you know what maybe george r R. martin watched this episode and was like he probably did it sounds like it i don't think i've seen green flames anywhere i mean (laughs) other than game of thrones is as convoluted as this plot line was so (laughs) perhaps Uh, Perhaps. yeah anyways 
this uh, yeah. episode of Scooby-Doo could have probably used an extra like five or so minutes to help explain a few other things or like maybe they could have taken out a few of those offensive scenes and like instead <laughs> explain the plot more. I oh, really no. think that like the writers of this episode they just like gave up. Came, yeah, they, I think they came up with the like um the clues before they came up with the explanation mm-hmm. because like they do explain the like the pipeline, the smuggling pipeline. Yeah. So clearly they're like, well, we'll put some explanation in it, but we've already animated and written all of the lines <laughs> for like it being a mask and him having pigeons. So like I guess this is how it works. This is how it's so. going to be. Do you know how long it took to draw yeah. all those pigeons? <laughs> I drew so many pigeons. It was like a like just graphic design, that. like college interns project, just like drawing a bunch of pigeons. Like we they're... need to use the cell animation for all these pigeons. Which is, is actually their also very funny because there is a huge like cell animation fuck up during this one where like Scooby like doesn't have an arm at one point. <laughs> So like they really focused on the pigeons. Yeah. They're like, we already messed that up. We can't, we have to get the rest of this right and we can't take these out. Do you know how much time we spent on it? (laughs) So yeah. Wow. Well, great job. Amazing. Uh what a good way. What a good way for Mystery Inc. to celebrate New Year's or at least yes. A New Year's somewhere. Yes, and for us to celebrate New Year's, which we will be doing this evening, at least when the episode is airing. And between now and, well, we usually say next week, but really uh, between now and the first weekend of February, where again, we will be back. Don't worry. Like Alexis said at the start, we've got a lot of travel in December. We were recording this episode actually in November because we literally have no time in December. So again, We'll be back in February when we have some time to like regroup and get our shit together and start recording mm-hmm. again. We do already have our new series arc picked out. We're we very do. excited yes. for it. Yeah. So you have, but, you have three months or wait, how many? Two months. I'm like acting like we're releasing this oh, yeah. today. You have two months <laughs> now to get ready for what we have in store yeah. next and laying in wait Buckle and up. anticipation. Oh, it's going to yes, be fun. Exactly. So between now in 2022 and mm-hmm. Uh, February, first weekend of February 2023, in the the future. Um, Who should our incredible audience tell about this podcast? Well, I think that, and you may, well, I hope you don't have an occasion necessarily to talk to one, but tell an insurance agent. (laughs) You have (laughs) plenty of time between now and February (laughs) to just maybe just call one up or if you know one tell them hopefully you don't need an insurance agent because something horrible has happened or your child has been kidnapped but uh yeah tell someone who solves insurance plans yeah (laughs) make sure double check too if you have a child see if they're covered for kidnappings and (laughs) ransoms and stuff like that too while you're at it Mm -hmm. (laughs) upgrade that policy if not (laughs) if you're a good parent (laughs) yeah excellent well i think after you talk to the insurance agent um I think that uh, it's kind of like a a double whammy that I think you should mm-hmm. both make it your new year New Year's resolution to re-listen to all of our episodes, but to also tell all of your friends at your New Year's party tonight to make it their resolution as Ooh, well to listen nice. to all our episodes. So Absolutely. like resolutions are really hard to keep up with. We get it. But you know what? There's what? 30 31 days in january this is like the 40 something episode they got time to listen to an episode a day maybe double up on a couple days people are over resolutions after the start of january anyways so Mm -hmm. they can binge it for um all of january yeah exactly so yeah tell your news party and have um, us in your ear every hour of every day in the month of january Mm -hmm. yeah between now and february (laughs) and um yeah, I mean, like, we'll see y'all in the new year. We're super excited yeah. to come into a new year with you all. Thank you all for sticking with us, enjoying our journey, um, mm-hmm. coming hope on you this. have a fun New Year's Eve. Yes, coming mm-hmm. on this cartoony crime comedy journey with us. And um, be safe out there for uh, yes. New Year's. And um, uh, we'll see y'all next year. See you next year in the future. Bye. The future! <laughs> Bye. Bye.
Thanks for tuning in to Saturday Morning Mysteries. If you enjoyed this episode, please share, rate, review, leave us a like, and drop a comment. We post episodes every Saturday and bonus tune tangents whenever we feel like it. So please subscribe so you don't miss the shenanigans. And if you want to follow us on YouTube, click the bell under the YouTube subscribe button to receive notifications when new videos are posted. And if you want to subscribe to the podcast, we have no idea what you're listening to us on. So just hit the big subscribe button on whatever app you're using. We, we believe in you. Give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram at SatmornMist, all the abreeds. And let us know if you have any episode or show requests by emailing SaturdayMorningMysteries at gmail.com. Thanks to Jenna Kendall for the logo design and to Ava Sakiki for the music used during this week's episode. See y'all groovy kids next week on Saturday Morning Mysteries.